Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to another episode of Writer's Advice, everyone. Thank you for joining me. So on this episode, I have Australian crime writer Kyle Perry on. Um, I th- I'm going to say he's one of the biggest growing crime writers out there right now. He is has just gone from strength to strength with his first book, The Bluffs, his second book, The Deep, and soon to be his next book um, releasing next year, The Wild. The Bluffs also just... Um, just announced that it got signed for a TV show series coming up soon too and Kyle dives into how he will be um, involved in that which is so exciting but I absolutely love this chat with Kyle and what I called it was undeniable grit because if there's any way I can explain Kyle it is that and this is just such a beautiful conversation I really 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 enjoyed it but he goes into the realities of his journey from telling himself that he's definitely going to be an author um, from grade six to what that took and the sacrifices that it takes to really own that commitment to yourself and and the process and the long journey that it took um, to get to that where he is today. So I, I don't want to give too much away. I think everyone will absolutely love this episode, even if you're not a writer. Honestly, if you are any creative or if you are someone that just wants to achieve something really big, um, I really love the way Kyle talks about doing the thing and putting in the work and making your dreams happen and um, and keep working from it from there. So, oh, yes, I won't give too much more away, but enjoy, everyone. Here is Kyle. Oh, also, if you want to win a copy of The Bluffs and The Deep, all you have to do is head to oliviahillier.com slash podcast, fill out your details, and a copy of both of those books will be showing up to your door. So enjoy. Welcome back, writers. And I'm so excited because this week on Writer's Advice, we have Australian crime author Kyle Perry. So thank you so much for joining us, Kyle. Thanks for having me, Olivia. It's good to be here. So now if you haven't heard of Kyle before, where have you been? Because (laughs) the bluffs and the deep is absolute. is just going gang back gangbusters and it's out everywhere and you are climbing the crime charts like there's no tomorrow but I want to kind of take it back all the way from the start so when was the first time that you realized that you were a writer oh man that's a great question to realize I was a writer in it depends on the definition okay so you've got for me becoming a writer wasn't going to be real until I had a contract in terms of to me being a writer was a title and I couldn't have that title until I was paid for it kind of like a job title and so for me I had a bit of that imposter syndrome didn't call myself a writer didn't tell my friends I was interested in writing all up until I first got that that publishing contract and I don't 
recommend this. I don't think it was all that healthy. I think there was a lot of fear in me in terms of just how my friends would see me or my family would see me that they'd think I had too much of a pipe dream that I wasn't being realistic. And I felt like I was pretty susceptible to that feedback. So I made the decision that I just wouldn't tell anyone to kind of guard myself from that. Um, so that, that, that's if you define writer as in, you know, someone professional or a title. That for me, I, I kept that pretty, I gate kept that until I had the contract. Whereas the other side or the more philosophical side is that ever since grade six was when I made that decision that I was going to be a writer one day. That was my life goal. That was my ambition. And that um, no matter what happened, no matter how long it took, I would get there. Wow. I, that's such an interesting story. Do you know particularly what it was? So you've dedicated yourself and you've given this, you this answer that this is definitely going to happen, but you didn't want to tell anyone until it did. Was that kind of to keep it your thing and keep your own focus or it was just the general fear? It was, it was to keep my focus, but it was also people can have the best of intentions when they try and encourage you in a certain path. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had a lot of potential. Um, I had a lot of opportunities. I really could have gone probably anywhere I wanted to. Um, Great family, really lucky childhood. But what I wanted to do was be a writer. And I just had a lot of pragmatic friends and you know, grown-ups that cared about me that I think would have tried to talk me out of it. Um, and in their defence, it did take me a decade to get here. Like, like it definitely didn't happen as soon as I wanted, wanted it to. And I think if I'd told too many people, there just would have been too much of that narrative coming in to say, oh, like, I think you should maybe put your energy somewhere else or maybe you should stop, um, you know, wasting your time on this. Because for me, writing wasn't something I was just going to do after work. I, I intentionally only took part-time jobs so that I could have time to write. Like I, I really set aside, I carved out a big chunk of my life towards this and I just wanted it so much. I wanted it more than anything else that I wasn't willing to risk that just in case. I didn't want to tell my friends or too many family members just in case um, by telling them either broken magic or they got in my head and convinced me not to do it. And, and I don't say that as in like, you know, my friends or family are terrible people and worse than anyone else. I just, I'm being realistic and being honest, especially coming from country town, Tasmania. There's not going to be too many people in my circles that are going to be championing for me to spend my life on this. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And there's so much I want to dive into that on just general feedback and what to take on and, and, you know, what we kind of need to brush off here and there, but I just want to come back for a second. So grade six, you're like, this is my thing. <laughs> I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> Can you please tell me what happens after this moment? So how did you go through high school? What did you do after high school and, and how did you keep that dream alive for yourself? Yeah. Great question. So the, I know it happened in grade six and a few different events led up to it. But one of them that sticks out 
is I sent an email to Tamara Pierce, who's uh, she writes kids fantasy books, and I'd read her books and I loved them, and I sent her an email saying I'm going to be an author one day just like you, and she replied, and she's she's like I think you can do it. Um, she said something like I'm I don't usually reply to emails, but I was quite charmed by yours, and I really think you've got what it takes. And so I took that, but that wasn't like a confirmation for me. That was almost the way she worded it almost offended me. Where she's like, Yeah, you can do it. And I remember thinking, I know I can do it. That's why I sent the email. Like, I'm coming for your job. This isn't, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, all, the, all the courage and the arrogance of the grade six kid. And then in grade seven and eight, had some great English teachers, very nourished. I remember in grade eight, I wrote this, uh, some kind of written assignment and my teacher, she left me a note saying, this is really good. You could be a journalist. Like you should seriously consider pursuing this. And that was great feedback. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to take this on, take this with me. Um, and then grade nine, I passed, uh, I was like in the top percentile for one of those English competitions which put me back on the radar for the English teachers at my school. They're like, oh, this, this is a big deal. I was in the newspaper and everything. And then from that, I loved the literacy classes, literacy extended. I organized to do a literacy class, um, but it couldn't, I didn't fit into my schedule. Uh, it was like an extension, literacy extended class. And the teacher said, I think you should do this um by yourself you can go into the library you i'll let you have this whole class just to work on whatever project you want to work on wow. um because she knew i wanted to be an author and so she was kind of hinting at me hey choose one of your books so grade 10 um one of my whole subject lines was just me in the library working on my first novel um and it was terrible it was absolutely terrible I don't know how much I actually wrote I know I spent a lot of time planning like I had a lot of just brain brainstorming mind maps um but that grade 10 that teacher giving me the uh I guess the the permission to really invest in this was definitely a turning point for me and then that summer so it was the summer when I was 16 was when I wrote my first full-length manuscript. Wow. So um, oh, there's, so much, there's so much to unpack in that. So, <laughs> what, was your, what was your first full-length manuscript about? Have you reread it recently or do you go back to it sometimes just for personal growth? <laughs> it, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it's what I would call my magnus opus. Yeah. Uh, and it is kind of like an allegory um like pilgrim's progress or uh what's that one is it the alchemist yeah yeah or even the little prince those yeah. kind of fairy tale fable and um allegories it's it's that kind of style and so reading it now uh, 16 well, if, yeah, 14 years later um there's a lot of wisdom in there but a lot of naivety too so I would be interested in revisiting that when I'm a bit older and I've got a bit more life experience to help frame it. 
but it definitely like it was it was good writing i gave it to a couple trusted adults to read and and one of them said this is so good like if you ever publish this this could get a cult following and i'm like yeah i know back then i was still real cocky i'm like yeah i know i know it's good i know it's going to get there um i wish i'd like you know <laughs> that was the first one i've written and i expected this to, to soar to international stardom of that one manuscript but unfortunately that was not the case you've still got it sitting there you never know this is i love <laughs> books like that too i'm i'm a huge alchemist fan that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great i look forward to that one coming out <laughs> Yeah, one day, one day. <laughs> okay, so starting with fantasy, was that was that what you had always set your heart on to write fantasy? Is that kind of or like yeah, around that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantasy fantasy was always what I thought I would be writing. And yeah. fantasy is what the first those um first ten manuscripts were. Even this this one I'm talking about now, that was a fantasy. Uh, genre and I think that was a pretty natural extension because that's what I was reading a lot at the time um, lots of urban fantasy and I mean I'm in that Harry Potter generation and Artemis Fowl Percy Jackson had kind of just kicked off that urban fantasy um, wave really helped me as a kid invest in literature it really helped me find an escape in literature and I just had so many great ideas great fantasy ideas and so I was constantly writing those stories um const- I'd write a story try and get it published write a story try and get it published um what I've since found going back to them is that they are well-written stories um but the characters suck the there's no there's no spark um, and the spark of a story, it always comes from the character. What is that? What is it they want and what growth are they going to go through? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a 16 kid, year old kid, you know, even a 21 year old, you just haven't seen enough humanity to really write that well. And I also think, I mean, I'm jumping ahead. The questions you probably got, but I think that uh, how we're taught to write if we're given like writing prompts or encouraged us to think of events that it's always so orphaned from the theme of character or it's always so orphaned away from the central point of the character growth mm-hmm. whereas if you start with that which you should you should start with your character who's your protagonist um, what do they want and how are they going to grow as they try and reach it if you start with that then almost any story is going to have that heart and instead, with my fantasy stories, I just started with, okay, what superpowers do I want? And what's going to be the magic rule? And, and what about this cool city and there's a bunch of skeletons and they only come alive at night, but they're trapped in there. Like, great, top, like, it was good. It's, it's, one day they'll probably sell great, but the main character was just stale and annoying and immature and didn't change at all from start to end. Yeah. Did you get much of that feedback when you were trying to publish it? And what was your process of trying to get published was it just sending sending it out to um publishers any agents etc yeah i got no feedback no productive feedback at all mm-hmm. in you know over a decade trying no productive feedback so any authors out there expecting to get good feedback from the slash pile from agents 
If you do, I, I wish you well, because I definitely didn't. Um, so my process was, uh, initially I tried to pitch to agents here in Australia, um, but back then there just didn't seem to be that many taking mm. um, submissions. And if they were, like I couldn't find them, uh, the internet, like it was still, uh, it was still the internet age, but Googling agent in Australia, you come up with six and maybe five of them um, had a website. Anyway, so I tried to get Aussie agents, uh, didn't get there. So then I tried Aussie publishers, um, but that's pretty difficult too, because you, you know, you're going on the slush pile. Um, I lived in country Tasmania. So going to writing festivals wasn't really an option. No chance to network. I didn't know how to network anyway. I was just a kid, really. Um, I mean, 21-year-old, 22-year-old, they're not a kid, but, you know, it's, just, it's hard to network at that age, I think. Um, so my process shifted then to trying to get an agent in America. And so for the last seven manuscripts, that was my exclusive uh, strategy, was pitching to American agents. Um, and I got a few bites. I got a few pretty big bites, especially with my most recent fantasy manuscript. I got a uh, revise and resubmit request, which to anyone pitching, anyone trying to get published knows that that is a big deal. Um, I didn't quite get there with the version I sent him, but his response was, I really liked this. Um, what else have you got though? And then that in a very roundabout way is what means to my Australian agent. Yeah, wow. Awesome. And so how did that lead from fantasy to crime? Where where did that where did that start to come in? Yeah, so so what happened is this agent from New York really liked my manuscripts, but he said he didn't have the editorial vision for it. So what else did I have to send him? Because he liked my writing, he loved my ideas, and he liked me. So what I did is I reached out on a Facebook page. I think it was National Young Writers Australia. And I said, hey, guys, I need a freelance editor to read my book and give me some editorial vision. Because <laughs> I thought if this guy can't provide it, I'll just go outsource it and then come back to him with it. You know, <laughs> like that was my goal. <laughs> and, and at this stage, I'd finally finished my degree. So I, I, I was working and had money for, for the first time ever. Um, because I mean, I've been working, but only part-time in order to, to feed my writing habit. Mm -hmm. And so someone responded and they said the name of my agent, um, Hayley Karens. And so I contacted Hayley who ran a freelance editing business. And I said, Hey, um, I want to hire you to fix my manuscripts. And then I gave her the whole spiel, you know, this is who I am. I've always wanted to do this. I've been writing fantasy for a decade. I'm so close. And I'll never forget her response. She said, before I help you spend your money, have you thought about writing in a different genre? Because you've been doing this for a decade. Um, and I mean, she, that was so, I'm so grateful to her for saying that. Because instead of just saying, yeah, sure, send it over here. She had enough insider and I guess coaching experience to recognize mm, maybe you need to try something different. So I was really offended didn't respond, went to sleep, like, like, who was this? I've been doing this for a decade. I'm not giving up. Um, which kind of tells you why I didn't tell people I wanted to be a writer because they yeah. just can't handle the criticism. <laughs> um, I'm much better at it now. But the next day I thought, you know what? 
she might be onto something and maybe it's time to change my tactic because at this stage I'd written 10 fantasy books. I had it out of my system anyway. Like I was ready, just, I was so desperate to be published and to be um, not just published for the sake of, you know, getting paid and having the the credibility, but writing is so lonely. Mm. And I just really wanted to be part of a team and everything I, I read and heard on podcasts about writing is that it's quite collaborative. And I thought, I just want to get better. I want, I want a publisher or an editor to see me in the slush pile, to see that gold, pull it out and say, you've got what it takes. I'm going to coach you there. So I said, anyway, so I said to Haley, look, change of plan. How much will it cost me to hire you for a phone call? And let's just do a consultation and let's um, just see what you think I should do next. And the reason I, I had, I guess, the courage to do that is because my um, degree is in counselling coaching. So I know the benefit of a coaching. I know the benefit of a coaching relationship. And so I said, let's have a coaching call. And then I had this call with Haley, and uh, she kind of asked me what my plans were, about what my, um, what my day job was like and what my, I guess, passions were. And then we had the chat, talked about what I'd just been reading. And I think I just finished The Drive by Jane Harper. And I was raving about it like everyone does because it's so bloody good. And then she said, well, Kyle, you've just finished a degree in mental health. Um, you've worked in a rehab. You're now working as a youth worker for some pretty troubled kids. I mean, sorry, dis- disengaged kids. Um, why don't you try writing crime? And even better, you live in the bush. So why, why not a rural crime? And I said, I can't write for adults. I don't, I don't know how to write for grown-ups. I've only ever written for like young adults and I've only ever written like fantasy themes. But I, t- I told her I committed. I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, we brainstormed some ideas on the phone because I said, well, you know, what about this as an idea? What about that? This is what scares me. This is what I'm working with right now. And by the end of it, we had a pretty kind of small synopsis of what the bluffs would become. And as part of that coaching call, she agreed to, to give me some feedback on any uh, extended synopsis I wrote. So I wrote a longer synopsis, sent it off to her. She gave it the green tick. And then within three months, I had finished the first draft of The Bluffs. Wow. This is just the best story. And just I just need to like to say so much props to you because this whole story is it literally comes back to you being in grade six being like no I'm gonna make this happen and it is such a tough industry where you do kind of need to find your way in and you need to find you need one you need to be headstrong and be able to deal with you know all the rejection that comes with that but also to keep going after all this time and then find your way in and and collaborate and exactly to where you are now go you what was it like to finally sign the bluffs what was that what was that feeling for you oh okay so (laughs) so thing with Hayley took I reckon maybe I think maybe two years because we did this slow dance around each other because she hadn't committed to representing me she just you know agreed to help me but she saw the promise um, but she was very busy so Signing with Haley took two two years, and so that was a slow burn. And, and the moment she agreed to sign me, I kind of it didn't really change anything for me because by that stage, I'd almost accepted it was going to happen. However, 
within two weeks of her signing me is when we got the email from Penguin um, with their response to reading the draft of the bluffs. And I'll never forget that because I can recite the entire email, but I remember like how it started. We'll just talk about how it started. So she forwarded it to me. It was an email from the publisher and it said, uh, dear Haley, just a quick note before the week ends to let you know I have devoured the utterly brilliant and insanely compelling novel of Kyle Perry's. It had me up until 2am. I am completely addicted. What a story. What a talent. And Olivia, the, 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 the feeling that went through me, like I can't even, it's like how I describe it is those medieval movies where you see the, the big castle gate clang down, the portcullis. That that clanging noise is what went on inside my body, but it was kind of like the Port Gallus was made of fire. So there was this big, this boom, clang, the closing down of one season, the opening of another, and everything was on fire. And I was on my knees and I couldn't breathe. I could barely, like, there was tears, but they weren't falling. They were just, like, stuck behind my eyes. And I was just, just couldn't believe it. I, I was... So all the emotions, there was like happiness, there was ec ecstasy, there was fear, there was wonder, there was just this bone aching relief. And there was quite a lot of sorrow in there too, because it had taken me this long. Like I, I kind of felt I'd given up a lot to reach it. And so I was finally letting myself feel that because I'd always just block that off. I never thought about the cost, but now that I'd made it, I was able to look back and think, yeah, wow, I, like, I gave up a lot to get here. And so I'm happy to be here, but let's just take a moment to acknowledge what it's cost. And then it was just straight into the next part of um, definitely how I saw myself, but how I saw the world shifted in that one instant. Yeah. And how did the world change around you then too? Because this whole time you've been a closet writer, <laughs> And now you have to come out and be like, oh, yeah, a couple of years later, I'm like, now the book's even becoming an adaption. <laughs> like, this is a huge yeah, yeah. <laughs> process. Not even that. You're from country Tassie. And I, I grew up in country Tasmania. So I, I know what it's like when, you know, it's you're all, all of a sudden the, the big hot shot of the town. Probably, yeah. It was great. It was great because... It was such a big part of me that I'd never, you know, it was kind of like coming out of the closet in a way. Like I just kept this part of my identity. Hey, I'm a writer, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep it secret. And there were a few times, I remember one conversation with a friend where I finally opened up about these writing goals. And he was so relieved. He's like, oh, thanks for telling me. He said, I feel so much better now. And I said, why do you feel better? And he said, well, look at it from my point of view. You're someone who's got a lot of skills, a lot of talent, a lot of drive, but you seem to have no ambition. Like you don't, you don't really seem to like your job. You're not interested in going any further. You're not like, you're just happy doing what you're doing. And he said, I just never made any sense to me. And, and I said, I said, I said, Tim, I've got more ambition than anyone else on the, on the planet. It feels, I just keep it hidden. you know. And so the way the world shifted around me was um, that, yeah, this part of me that I kept hidden was now out there and I could talk about it and I could, you know, discuss it and debrief. It was just, I could, you know, mention, instead of telling people, oh, I'm busy or I've got work, I could say, oh, actually, I'm going to write. 
Like that's actually what I'm doing. And that's what I've been doing. Every time I've turned you down, it's because I've been writing. That's what I've got to go do now. Oh man, it was, it, it was really, it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, yeah. So the bluffs, then the deep, but I uh, yeah, two questions. What's coming next? <laughs> So book three anything? is, yeah, yeah. Book three, three is called The Wild, um, and that was due to come out this year, but uh, unfortunately, there were a few deadlines. I found it difficult to meet due to getting hit by COVID pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so we made the decision to leave it till next year, in order to have it be the best book it can possibly be. Um, so that's, that was pretty, um, bittersweet because I really wanted to get the book out this year. I told the fans it was coming out this year. Um, but yeah, just couldn't make it happen, but that means the book will be even better. However, there's other projects I'm working on that could potentially come out sooner than the next book. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. That's a nice little... <laughs> Stay tuned to what's going next. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, and okay, so the bluffs just got signed for a TV um, adaptation. I got. I have a couple of questions. Yeah. I know this is probably super um, new, and you pro you probably can't say much. But with that, do you get to be a part of it, or are you kind of step taking a step back and letting them do their thing? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I um, am part of it. Yeah. In uh, whatever, so I, I have to be consulted, um, like on, on on all levels, have to be meaningfully consulted. Um, but the the vision of the of the story is definitely the directors and the producers. Um, and so I. I'm very determined to step back and take my hands off and honour their vision and, and honour their process. I really want to be involved and I will be involved. Um, you know, the, the director and I have a great relationship and she's very keen for me to be involved in as many levels as she can get me involved into. Um, but I have had some pretty frank conversations with her about um, my perspective and about um, making sure it's as successful as it can be. Mm -hmm. um, and... And that could look like me being pretty hands off, or it could look like me being very involved. Like yeah. who knows? It's it's a it's a whole different baby. Um, what we find with these adaptions is that authors um, are either really precious and they don't want to let go of anything, and they want to hold on, um, and they've got lots of contractual things in there that that indicate what can be done, what can't be done. And then there's other authors that don't want to know anything about it because it affects their writing process. It affects you know, where, where they kind of, you know, just freaks them out too much, which is fine too. Both of those are valid. If you're a mm -hmm. creative, both of those are fine. Mm -hmm. um, I am pretty confidently sitting in a, in a middle space where I love the bluffs and the story and the characters, but I'm also really just want to let the professionals do what they need to do to make this the best thing it can be. And um, whatever they think I need to do, I'll be involved, but I'll definitely advocate for involvement, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing you don't also know when we're expected to see that on TV. It's going to be a while off. 
No. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> We're just hanging out for it. Can't, can't speak. Can't speak to that one, but I <laughs> promise you, you will not be disappointed. Be <laughs> I'm excited. Um, all right. One final question I have for you now: Is there any last um, words of advice that you would pass on to any up-and-coming authors who are currently maybe working on their first manuscript or they're finding themselves in a slush pile? Um, yeah, what would be your words of advice? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> so many things I would say. Um, okay, so a few, different, a few different things I'll say. If you want your writing to improve, um take it more put more focus back on your health um because so many times we forget that our body is the instrument especially for writing and if you're not getting enough sleep if you're not eating well if you're not exercising exercising is huge for your creativity if you don't honor your body then you're not going to get the best version of your creativity and that's just a fact um because writing is it's like homework. Like you got to think, you got to focus. Um, you can't do that on a poor night's sleep or a belly full of junk food. So a lot of writers need to remember that if they want to improve. Um, in terms of getting off the slush pile, I really recommend putting some money aside to invest in your writing if you're serious about it. And the networking thing is huge um much networking is a lot of a lot bigger in writing because to be honest that it's really really hard to read a manuscript and assess it it's really really hard to get all that all that um those words and give it a meaningful go so there's a lot of skimming there's a lot of speed reading and so you may have painstakingly written out your manuscript and you think oh it just on its own merit it will stand out it's it's unfortunately probably not true it's probably going to get scanned at the end of a long day. They're going to be in a bad mood and they're going to, they're going to put it to the side without giving it the chance it needs. The only way you can circumvent that possibility is to have your name recognized or to have some form of connection, some form of networking, some form of introduction, just to get that little bit extra attention. And the only way to do that is things like buying a plane ticket to go to a writing festival or joining some online events and asking questions or investing in a mentorship with some writer who can hopefully introduce you to someone like that. You actually have to do that. This isn't, there's a romance to writing. There is a romance to the industry. There's fairy tales. Mine's a fairy tale, but it took me 10 years mm. and it probably would have taken another 10 years if I hadn't stepped back and spent some money on a consultant. So I don't want to, you know, <laughs> turn down anyone's sunshine here because miracles do happen but i just think if you if you're serious about this you need to think smart and and there's proven ways there's there's proven metrics you can or proven products you can spend your money on which are going to give you a better chance and i just think it's uh it's worth giving your writing the best chance you could have absolutely amen that is just the best thank you so much for joining us carl and also, thank you so much for bringing up health and exercise because I preach, I haven't had anyone say that yet. And I just think it is king to like unleashing next level creativity. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, one last thing, because you've got so much exciting things coming up, where can uh, listeners <laughs> find you and get in contact with you? Uh, listeners, 
listeners, uh, follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Kyle Perry Author. That's where I do the most updates. I am on Twitter, but I'm not very good at it. Um, Kyle Perry Author. I have a website now, which is a miracle. Um, KylePerry.com.au. If you want to email me, use that. Otherwise, I'm a bit more responsive to DMs. But yeah, follow me on Instagram or Facebook and you'll hear all about it. Perfect. I'll put all that in the show notes. Excellent. Thank you so much, Carl. No worries. Thank you.